Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined, he's been away from me for a while, by Lou Cohen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. This is the first podcast you and I have done together since Raw last week. Ten days! Ten days, mate! So much has happened in those 10 days. Rey Mysterio was nearly killed, but thankfully there was a smaller roof beneath the main roof. Absolutely. Becky Lynch is pregnant. She has got a smaller person inside her now. Terrifying. A parasite, as Shayna Baszler <laughs> would so eloquently put it. God, Shayna's great. Uh, but how you been, mate? Yeah, I've been good. I, I mean, I, I'll talk about my, you know... Yeah, Just the got got busted open hard way making breakfast yesterday, and I'm no. just on edge. No, and it wasn't through Manscaped because we know that they've got that patented skin safe technology. If only knives had skin safe <laughs> technology when cutting bread. What we're saying is, Manscaped, we know you're listening. Take over the knife industry. It's ready to be disrupted. <laughs> But let's dive into this show itself because quite a newsworthy show for what I believe was a tape show because Mike Tyson is going to be at Double or Nothing 2 and an insane match was announced, which we're going to dive into in this discussion point. Then we're going to review the whole show. Here it is. First off, we're going to talk about Mike Tyson being announced as the person who's going to present the TNT t- title to- uh, the TNT <laughs> title 
at the end of the tournament finals, a double or nothing two to either Cody Rhodes or Lance Archer, depending on who it's going to who's going to win that match. What an inspired idea! And you know what? It's not one I would have thought of, really. And it's it's funny because <laughs> I've got pretty much zero interest in Mike Tyson. Not really. Doesn't really. I'm not a boxing guy, so it doesn't really do much for me. Like, I don't know if Tyson is the same Tyson that we had back in 1998 that really turned the tide for the WWF in their war against WCW. Uh, you know, to me now, he's just the lad that appeared in the uh, the Hangover movies and which just got progressively worse. Didn't even start off that great and just got worse as they went on. Um, so it doesn't really do a great deal for me. But for that sort of nostalgia pang of the people who would have grown up during the Attitude Era, who will have remembered that iconic moment between Austin and Tyson and then the match at WrestleMania 15, 14, whichever one, uh, Quizzlemania champion, Luke Owen, um, the, uh, with uh, Austin and Michaels. People will kind of connect all of those dots together and that's a fun thing for it. I just don't know what sort of mainstream appeal he has in 2020 question mark i don't know i mean you're the boxing guy you tell me well yeah i, I mean i've got a passing interest in boxing um but i do watch the big fights yeah it's in terms of mainstream appeal obviously tyson fury conor mcgregor those are the big names i know conor mcgregor isn't a boxer but i'm talking sort of combat athletes very high profile stuff that would get people outside of the wrestling bubble to come in and watch this Mike Tyson hasn't been that for a long, long time. This is more, it's a nostalgia pop, exactly what you're saying. But I think there would be a small degree of interest just because Tyson has reinvented himself over the last decade. He's, he's, an, he's a fascinating fellow. There's a really good documentary. I think it's on Netflix that I encourage everyone to watch. Or he's... Uh, interview with Joe Rogan last year as well. He is, you know, because he had a very checkered past, domestic abuse issues. His upbringing was just horrid. Uh, he was sort of taught that violence is the only way to get ahead by his insane manager, really. But that did, it was a very effective strategy for what he wanted to become. Um, and he's sort of become this, like he's reinvented himself as this Zen Buddha-like character. He's trying to give back to communities. He's trying to teach kids to box to sort of get them out of their own vicious cycles he's he seems to be a stand-up guy now and i i think he's and it, it has all that added benefit of the the las vegas theme of double or nothing the wrestling throwbacks just that he is like one of the biggest sporting names ever i i mm -hmm. think it's a, a great get and i'm really surprised that no one has done this sooner because i looked at <clears throat> I looked at Mike Tyson's page and, you know, he gets the WrestleMania mention. I thought, has he been used for anything pro wrestling since then? And there was just a 2010 Raw celebrity guest host spot I completely forgotten about. I think he even had some involvement with DX. Uh, but apart from that, there's been nothing in like 25 years almost. It's, it's, a, it's, it's one of those things that's staring you right in the face. But for whatever reason, no one's ever done it. I think it's, it's a stroke of genius. Can I put some uh, potential, like, worrisome things sort of down on the table, however? Um, do you remember when Bret Hart introduced the AEW Championship? He was so into it. 
<laughs> well, right, yeah. Like Brett didn't feel like he really wanted to be there. The whole segment was a bit clunky. I don't think people particularly remember that segment very fondly. I don't want to be in a situation where Mike Tyson is brought in because he's the big celebrity name, has no idea what's going on, has no idea who any of the people are, gets names wrong, gets the title name wrong, and it just becomes a bit sad because that's not going to make AEW look good. It doesn't make you know Tyson look particularly great. And it just makes everything look a bit pants. So I've always gonna, I'm always going to have Summerfest worries when you bring in outside names into your promotion. It's always the risk. And I think, you know, if you were to go back and look at all the celebrity involvements in wrestling, the majority follow the Summerfest route where, you know, even people like Hugh Jackman, who have this incredible ability to just act act being passionate about something they've never been involved in in their lives. And I thought, you know, Hugh Jackman's stuff was fun to an extent, but I I never felt him being a, a fan, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people want. Uh, but with but when it does work, it is really, really, you know, business changing. This won't be a business changing move because, you know, it's a nostalgia thing. It's not an actual mainstream current star. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I yeah, that is a danger. So I, I do hope that they school him. Maybe he's a, maybe he's even a fan. I don't, he must be a wrestling fan somewhere if he did the Austin stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, both companies were after him, which means he probably must have shown some interest. And then, you know, they were both trying to trying to get him into the company, you know, to do something for a, a show. I, you know, I, I think it could be good. I, I'm all I'm saying is I'm just I'm being cautious, Colin here because I was just curious to know what sort of mainstream appeal he might have in 2020. And, uh, you know, is he going to bollocks this up and make everyone look a bit pants? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, before we get in with the rest of your super chats, let's do the AEW Patreon shoutouts because the $25 a month or more backers get a shout out and a wrestling name right here. Oh my gosh, it's Josh. It's Josh. Uh, my Immortal is my favorite song, Mashy. Thank you. In my veins, Viper Alistair. What nice. does it mean? Nip it in the bud, Nipavico. Nipavico, the notorious Aliata. Aliata, you sold out, Jay Sellers. You bought in. Caught in a Travis Webb. Yes, very nice. Probocop. Yes. What a round that was in Quizzlemania yesterday. <laughs> that drawing. And a Ryan the Flame thrower. Ooh, vicious. Martin Santoya talking to me. Whoa. Uh, I think he's talking to you. Damien Thompson. Yes. And Sayonara, Kane, Kane Grant. Chaney, I think Chaney, we agreed Chaney. on. Thank oh, you. Sorry about that. Um, and of course, thanks to our brilliant moderation team, full of the modiclorians, the mods, the mod mother, Jenna, Bumhead, Rob, Garage Art with a V, Les. I da- is that everyone? I think that's every that's everyone who's in the chat anyway. Yeah. Thank you uh, ever so much. You're the best. You, Big you shout really, to, really do yeah. help us out. Big shout out to Mod Mother. Uh, this mm. week. Sent me a very nice message the other day. She's just, yeah, yeah, amazing. They're just they're doing incredible work. Also, thank you for that message just before we went live to tell me that I hadn't enabled slow mode because <laughs> I had forgotten. Right, we've got Alterigo, who says, is Floyd the Bat foreshadowing Sting to AEW, not just Mike Tyson? That's a curious one. I didn't think of that, but yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it does, but yeah, that's an interesting (laughs) idea. So is that Sting's real name or is that fake Sting's name? Well, uh, no, Jeff Farmer was fake Sting's name. I just think they just mean the fact that they've got a baseball bat and Sting's infamous weapon was the baseball bat mm. so you know jericho having a baseball bat that he's got a name it'd be it all be like you know if he had a sledgehammer you'd be like well that almost feels like you're referencing triple h there but i hadn't put that to i hadn't put those together so that's interesting yeah well it was this was taped last week mm-hmm. the reports about sting being done with wwe no longer under contract came out this week but he was interacting with people on last week's Dynamite. He tweeted Lance Archer. He tweeted Jake the Snake Roberts. Cody yeah. replied to him. So who knows? I, uh, I I imagine just... it, sorry, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. I was just going to say, I think if Sting was knew that he was done with WWE, he would have known a while ago. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I think it likely released in that mid-April. Yeah. Uh, but it just didn't come out until now. The bad one, Ryan B. Bad. I like this. So who will Tyson knock out? Um, well, I mean, you don't want to block it, knock out Lance, do you? Um, as you're sort of like, you know, the big murder hawk heel that you're trying to uh, do. Maybe Jake? Yeah, could could knock out Jake. Yeah, Brandy? I, I mean, if you this won't happen, yeah, but if you, that, really, Brandy. if you really want to make a, a statement, you have Lance Archer murder Tyson. <sighs> Tyson, yeah. Imagine yeah. hitting the, a mur- the uh, I keep forgetting what it's called, the freaking... The finishing move. Oh, uh, the blackout? Ah, it's, I it's, it's something like that. Uh, and then the, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad, adds, I remember Bret Hart fell off the stage after that title segment last year. Was he attacked? Okay. <laughs> the revival. Maybe that's the revival come in to sort of stop someone else attacking Bret Hart. Uh, and Calcu- Calculon says Tyson is a cultural icon here, fellas. Yeah, we, we agree. We know that he is a cultural icon, but there's a difference between having someone with a lot of name recognition from the past to someone who's hot right now. Yeah, sort of. Uh, there's a difference between Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury in 2020. Um, one other one I just wanted to add here from Nate Drop surname over at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. This link right here because while we do very much you know love the youtube ones youtube take a bit of a cut of that money this one right here however we get 100 percent of it so nate drop surname said tyson has been backstage at a couple of aew events he loves michael nakazawa he's also had some recent hype on a possible charity comeback match with his amazing training video so perhaps there is more uh, mainstream stuff for him in the states that we're just not aware of here in the UK because it just hasn't reached over here. But still, he's you know he's not an active professional athlete. But uh, if he's having like a comeback match, yeah, but for a charity match, I don't. Yeah, but, sorry, but yeah. that's, that's Tyson stepping back into the ring, right? That's that's a fair. It'd be like Michael Jordan playing a basketball game. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that that is of a, a much lower degree to someone at the top of their game still competing in the sport. Right, so last night's episode uh, began awesomely with Lance Archer just storming out of the tunnel and just already beating someone up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just think Lance is great. And I just love the fact that every single time he comes out beating up someone, the commentators act announced, even though he's done it every single time he's come out for something, they're still like, cannot believe this guy. I was like, yeah, mate, you should see, you should know it by now. Like if you're, if Lance Archer's come out for a promo, get the heck out of the way. Just don't, don't be anywhere near that entrance ramp. Um, Jake the Snake accompanied him. Uh, I've I've said my piece a lot. There is no reason he needs to be there. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's reckless. I feel the same about JR, but he was here and he cut a really good promo. He he got into the ring without a face mask on and said he'll apologize to Brandy because last week he sort of draped a snake over her and oddly dry humped her as well. Uh, but he'll apologize when she kisses his ass. Yeah. And then he went into what I thought was a really refreshing misogynistic heel promo. Well, I liked the line before that where he said, this is our book and we're writing every freaking chapter. I thought that was a really good thing. 
people love books in wrestling promos. We had it all throughout the Cody MJF feud as well. Yes, yeah, that's sort of how like a woman's place is in the home. And if I so feel, they can keep me warm when I'm feeling a bit cold in the bed. So that was a, it was a, a really good misogynistic heel promo. Because I think what's happened over the last you know 15 years of just watching WWE, anything like this, I immediately start to get uncomfortable because I think these words reflect what management actually believes in that in that company. So whenever a character, a heel, makes a fat joke about a baby face, I'm not there going, oh, you dastardly heel. I'm like, oh, come on, Vince, just stop. She's not fat. Why are you yeah. saying? Baby but, James. Exact. That's that's one of the, the best examples. Um, but here with AEW, because you wouldn't do that with any other medium. If someone was being a bully in a film and they're saying, you know, being misogynistic, you wouldn't go, man, the producers are rubbish on this. <laughs> it's a character thing. So I find it, I found it really refreshing for Jake to say all of these outdated misogynistic things and to get bad guy heat for it. And he, I didn't like his character in this moment. Yeah. I no, wanted I can... to see him get his comeuppance. And we, he almost got his comeuppance because Cody arrived in a big truck and he drove about 10 feet to, uh, <laughs> into the arena. Look, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they thought this was cool when it was written down on paper. But it looked, in reality, what he did is he drove up to the building, stopped, revved his engine well loud, and then drove forward 10 feet quickly and got out of his car which I'll be honest, isn't cool. Yeah, he th there was the barricade there and he knocked that over. And I just, it, it was honestly so silly. <laughs> it was a bit funny. It, it was on the level of, oh, there was a smaller roof underneath the bigger roof levels of lame. Yeah. But that, I, there is something quite amusing in all of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what version of this works. No, because oh, I wrote in my note here, he's in a big truck. He drives it into the arena. But, well, but did he, though? Did he drive it into the arena? Where was he ever? Did, did they say, yeah, and we'll drive it right up to the ring and bounce the ring and Jake will fall over? That's the only way this works, I guess. Yeah. Or if you know. hit Sammy Guevara again, <laughs> bless him. Um, but yeah, anyway, they uh, they, they did you know they had a very cool brawl, which was crucially around each of them kind of reversing each other's moves. So like Cody managed to get out of oh, we've forgotten what Lance's finisher is called, um, and uh, and and him escaping the disaster kick. I thought this was a really effective segment, particularly then with Jake just a, a Jake providing commentary throughout. But then B also being like pulling Jake away, being like, now is not the time. We've got what we wanted. Now's not the time to hurt him. The time to hurt him is when we take the title from him. So let's just we'll leave now because we've we've can't we've accomplished what we set out to do. Yeah. I thought I thought this was, you know, the car stuff was goofy, but everything else was played to perfection. Uh I, I really it was it was a really nice way how Cody never got the better of Lance, you know, Lance was always in control, but just that Cody managed to reverse a few moves was enough to go, because Lance has been so strong, been booked so intimidatingly that just the slightest chink in the armor feels like a huge deal. So Cody mm. now feels like he's got some momentum when really he did very little. And Lance still feels like a, you know, a really scary threat. I thought this was excellent stuff.
yeah, really, really like this. Do you know what I absolutely loved? The promo package for the tag team division, which was then followed up with Jurassic Express versus Best Friends. I loved this match. I thought this was so much fun. I think it did wonders for both teams. It did wonders for the tag team division. And it also did wonders for sort of like the bigger picture because like, because AEW did their sort of six to eight weeks worth of tapings, like, you know, sort of throughout April and into May, that like the company sort of felt like it had just sort of stopped for a bit. Like outside of the tournament, it just sort of like, you know, we were building a few things. We were building up Shida. We were building up Kenny Omega and sort of feuding with best friends. But the sort of company overall would just sort of like this hit this, this stop. But they did a lot in this match to kind of feel like we're, we're getting back on with things now. Particularly because they were talking about how, you know, Jurassic Express are undefeated in 2020. Dark Order are still ranked number one. But as Gallagher said during this, their inactivity could cost them that spot. So just that one line paints the picture so that, yeah, this is the fourth and fifth ranked tag teams. But actually, it's more important than that because the number one ranked tag team who've been ranked number one for a while have been inactive and that could cost them. So it really added a lot of stakes to this match, which I thought was I thought was excellent. Yeah. And, and the match itself, like you said, was so much fun uh, and it blew it out a bit more because, it, you know, it's a face versus face team uh, matchup. They had the loads of heels running. So Ray Phoenix took out Orange Cassidy because they're both in the casino ladder match. And didn't he just Christ on a bike? He just flew in and booted him in the face. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've missed Ray team, Phoenix. Right. And now he's in a ladder. He's in a ladder match, Holly. He's gonna be in a ladder match. He is gonna how how's he gonna climb the ladder with zero Fs? <laughs> I mean, that's how most people climb a ladder in a ladder match, so slowly anyway. Yeah. There's not going to be much difference. And MJF and Wardlow attacked Jungle Boy because they've also got a singles match uh, at Double or Nothing. It was, yeah, great match and really effectively built two other matches for the pay-per-view. And, and I would argue potentially three, because one of the things that I'm really, really enjoying in AEW at the moment, I absolutely love it. I'm so, I'm so into Trent at the moment. Mm. I'm really into the way that Trent has been carrying himself since that block taping that they did <clears throat> at QT Marshall's place. And that's been carried over into here, which is this more physical side of Trent Beretta, where he is happy to do the best friend stuff. He's happy to do the hug with Chucky e. T, giving the fans what they want. But there's just a moment where he doesn't snap, but he just gets serious. And it's all in his facial expressions. It's all in the way that he moves himself. He did it in this match here where Jungle Boy started to get a little bit of the better of him. So he just got more physical with him to knock him down. And that has spun off from the Kenny Omega singles match that they had that nearly went to that time limit draw. And then the tag matches that have come on since then, the, the, tag, the DDT one with, with Michael Nakazawa, so I, I'm just really into trends at the moment. I'm really, really digging him. Yeah, and they've obviously got a lot of faith in him because he's he's always been this kind of protected plate they're spinning in the background since since Dynamite began, really. Uh, John Moxley arrived very angrily mm. backstage, just pushing Alex Marvez away. And then we got a brilliant four-way. I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed this. This was on par with the fun... Uh, of the tag match, really. Penelope Ford versus Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander versus Shida with the idea that whoever wins will get to face Nyla Rose at the pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah, really, really good match. Uh, funnily enough, in my, or hilariously in my notes, uh, I've gone here to um, Statlander stops uh, the lockjaw early. I've, I went to type, 
Baker tries to boop her, you know, she does like a little sort of boop thing on her nose to show that with their friends. But what I've written is Baker tries to boob her. Boob. <laughs> so she she tried to boob her, Ollie, is what I've written here. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a great match. I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, Penelope Ford. I just she, she's not like the most believable in the ring, but when she does the high spots and the reverse ranas, it's awesome. I, and and there was such a pace here because it was a four way where you just get spot 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 spot. It wasn't I you know there wasn't much of a story I guess, but in nope. terms of just excitement and indie indie fun, this this was brilliant. This is yeah. what AEW should be doing with their women's division. I felt like they had four really distinct characters as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Can uh, yeah agree with you on that one. I I really really like this. Also, man alive, Britt Baker's got a heck of a Canadian destroyer. Ah. she's got a great destroyer. Do you think that's from Adam Cole's uh, Sunrise? The Panama Sunrise. Sunrise. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, so the, the the finish was really good as well. Shida beat Ford because Ford is the lowest ranked, really. I guess the most expendable out of the four. Uh, and on the outside, Baker could have gotten up and stopped the pin, but she was just intent on the, having the lockjaw locked in on Statlander. Yeah, which is really interesting as well because of the feud that she's had with Sheeda. So like Sheeda's kind of pushing her over this edge and that focus and anger has been pushed onto someone else. So Sheeda can now go off to face Nyla Rose at double or nothing, which they confirm is going to be a no DQ match. And Oliver Davis, there are two women's matches on this show in separate storylines. We're getting a second women's match on this card. What is this? The future? <laughs> Oh, I'm. I mean, I was shocked. I nearly had it as the thumbnail. Yeah. Well, it's it's very good. Uh, you know, it's eight months overdue, but very good. Yeah. Uh, after this, we got Pineapple Pete doing uh, an interview thing ahead of his match with Jericho later on, and then another really fun, chaotic tag match, which was yeah. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega versus Santana on Ortiz. After Santana on Ortiz cost. Hardy and Omega, the street fight main event from last week. Yeah, uh, I really, really like this. And it just reminded me how good Santana and Ortiz are mm. as a tag team. I don't really feel like we've been able to see it fully in AEW since they joined. You know, they've been there since the start of this Dynamite era. But it's I, I don't really feel like we've had that. Full, they had a great match against the Young Bucks on at, at full gear. But yeah, I just don't think we've really fully seen what Santana and Ortiz can do. And this was just a good reminder that, yeah, guys, the, this is one of the best tag teams in North America and we have them under contract. They're so good. And yeah, I, I, I loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. I totally agree because, you know, their impact stuff was some of our favorite stuff of the last couple of years. Yeah. And they... It's it's like since they've been in Dynamite, they haven't really been given that platform. Maybe maybe it's because they're in the inner circle, they're playing second fiddle to so many other characters. But the the most standout moments I've had from them is is probably Santana's singles match against mm. Moxley. Was it Moxley? It was Moxley because yeah. it was all based around the eyes, and he cut that insanely good promo. Uh, so yeah, it's this is a, a slight reminder of how great they can be, but they can be even better than this. Uh, uh, the, the, yeah, it was just a really dramatic back and forth match. Santana took the 
twist of fate, sort of by spiking his head into the ground. It looked terrific. He did the uh, the RVD RKO mm. cell, where you basically just like, I'm just going to just dive myself into the earth now, I think. Yeah, and then Sammy Guevara came out wearing a neck brace after being run down the previous week and must have thought, no, I'm going to do that better. Because he comes <laughs> down he comes down with a chair intent yeah. to, on you know, hitting Hardy with it. But Hardy stops him and hits a twist of fate on the chair. And Sammy goes down completely vertically on his it head. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then, um, yeah, you had, um, I think it was Ortiz that was up on the sort of the top rope. Kenny Omega says a wicked V-trigger, top rope twist of fate for the win. It might have been on Santana, actually. I don't know if you needed all the Sammy stuff in there, but I did enjoy the match overall. Yeah, I, I like the Sammy bit. He's... He's quite remarkable in that he can keep getting beaten and keep being made a fool of, but he doesn't lose anything, no. really. He's He still feels as big a part. He's, you know, almost like Kurt Angle in a way. Kurt Angle could lose, 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 but he always still felt like, you know, something. Um, after this, we got Taz backstage again, trying to recruit Darby Allen. Yeah, so uh, this was built off from last week, right, where he sort of interviewed Darby Allen about his loss to Cody. And it's it's a really funny, because it's like a passive-aggressive interview where he's saying, you lost in this, and I'm going to tell you how you lost. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you know why you lost. But let me just tell you from a really technical standpoint, which has been Taz's sort of MO for the last few, like, you know, almost month or so, where he's had those, like, here is the intricate details of people's moves. And this sort of like, you know, video package stuff. And then Darby stands up and goes, I know exactly how I lost. I was this, 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 and this in terms of like wrestling and storms off away from him. Quite, I'm digging this. I'm digging this story. Where do you see it going? I mean, I don't want to see it with Darby needing, like with Taz as a manager, because I don't know if Darby needs a manager. Like he's always felt like this, this, and then he said Lone Ranger for a second then. Um, well, yeah, yeah, sort of like Lone Ranger's character. Um, so I just don't know if he needs a, a manager. Yeah, that I agree. I, it, as much as I love Taz, as much as I love Darby, I don't want to see them together uh, purely for those reasons. So I guess the only way I can see this going is Taz keeps on trying to get Darby on board. Darby keeps on turning him down. So Taz is like, all right, then I'll show you what I can do with someone manages someone else mm, yeah. and uses them. And that's Darby's next feud. Jeff Cobb. <gasps> Taz managing Jeff Cobb. It writes itself, mate. It writes itself. Oh my God. That is amazing. I'll get Tony on the line. <laughs> we were texting about payments earlier. <laughs> brilliant idea oh the suplexes <laughs> oh. oh um we got a backstage interview with uh it was with Sheeda, and she said that she's gonna beat nyla rose and rose came in and said well i've got a present for you it was a kendo stick to her face it was her kendo stick the kendo stick that they've been kind of like subtly telling this story and when i say subtly the commentary have just sort of made mention of it and i think she has been doing some stuff on social media that she hasn't seen her kendo stick in a while and yeah, Nyla turns out Nyla had it and she hit it, bopped her on the head with it or boobed her on the head with it, if you will. Um, and yeah, it was this, I think, is the first time we've seen Sheeta cut a promo on TV. Mm. She's not really been given a lot of my time. And actually, she was quite comfortable. I didn't think she was bad. At all. I thought she was pretty good. 
she was fine. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't anything particularly amazing. Um, MJF then took on Lee Johnson in just all the heel spots. <laughs> yeah, right. MJF yeah. wrestled against uh, Johnson enhancement talent uh, with with just doing you know every cocky, arrogant heel bad guy thing in the book. He was jaw jacking with the fans. He was strutting. He was shouting at the referee. He is such a brilliant throwback yeah. to this classic villain. So a, a friend of mine, really good friend of mine, actually, was I was texting him this morning because his wife is um, due to give birth in a couple of weeks. So we're just sort of texting back and forth because like, how excited we are for her. And um, he told me, he goes, while they're sort of like in their paternity leave type spot they're in at the moment, they're watching a lot of Total Bellas. I was like, really? Because like his wife loves trash TV. She loves the Kardashians and all that sort of jazz. And he was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's trash TV and it's kind of the best version of trash TV. And he loves John Cena. And he thinks John Cena's hilarious. I haven't got the heart to tell him that they're not together anymore. Um, but he ended that message was like, I really want to get back into wrestling. And I was watching this show while I was texting him. And my first thought was, I'm going to tell him to watch, the, tell him to watch this week's episode of Dynamite. Mm. Because you've got really good tag team wrestling on there there's names that he will recognize because he was he's a lapsed fan from that you know that 2000 2001 period and you've also got really cool new characters that he could get into particularly someone like an mjf instantly you get what mjf's about and yeah i was going to recommend it to him until the post match of the jericho uh match where i was like ah this this almost feels like there's too much to explain to someone who is just looking to get back into wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after MJF won with with a really good looking armbar, I like the way how he really mm. cranks back on it. He cut a promo after that on Jungle Boy, really ahead of their Double or Nothing match, and he said that he noticed that Marco Stunt had an open contract thing i yeah, guess that's so, how they do them backstage well they've said this before like jericho's like i've got a certain amount of matches per year because remember that was like part of his shtick last year which led to the jungle boy match so i think the gimmick is that like everyone has x amount of matches that people can either sign up for or sort of like request a management that they want to get and he was like yeah marco is down for a match next week but didn't have anyone to face so i've signed it and i'm gonna face him and i think i don't think marco's gonna fare too well uh, in that match now, it's a, it's a really good step to the next match. It's a nice, like, warm-up match for MJF. He can just be beating down Marco Stump really heelishly as Jungle Boy watches on. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, then, speaking of, you know, what AEW have been doing really well, and we got two of them on this show, this one here and the next match, which was the main event, is, is these... Well, actually, the main event's different, but squash matches that are actually built up over the course of weeks. Yeah. So we got Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. That was being built for like three weeks. Uh, you know, Marco Stunt versus MJF is likely going to be a squash match next week. And here we got Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete. Yeah, which has had a storyline going into it. This is a squash match, an enhancement talent match that has had a story going into it. And I've got to say, man, like one of the title suggestions that I... I pose to you for this video is that Jericho is the greatest like he's mm -hmm. the absolute greatest and this this is such a good example of why Jericho is so great because this was a squash match that somehow managed to get pineapple pee over how does that even work like it, like it, it's just quite remarkable and it always down to the story that they told going into this 
Shug's performance in the match, the way that Jericho reacted to his offense. You know, Jericho only hit one move and it was the super effective Judas effect. And it actually made me want to see more of Pete. So this was a complete thumbs up. Jericho's just amazing. Yeah, it was it. Pineapple Pete just sort of went for Jericho as soon as the bell rang, caught Jericho by surprise. This really intense flurry of punches in the corner, the other corner. He goes to run it in. Boom. Judas effect. So, yeah, you're right. It gets over both men. It gets over the Judas effect, which is it? Is it winning me over? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know I what? don't know if it is, actually. It's winning me over more than um, uh, Jake Hager's hug. Like I buy into, remarkably, I buy into the Judas effect more than the warm, embracing hug of Jake Hager that somehow kills people. Uh, But the the real story here was what happened afterwards. So Jericho cut a promo. It was nice seeing all of the inner circle back together again because we got that at the end of the street fight last week in that fantastic closing image with the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium in the background. But this was the first time they were all reunited after the two months apart, the bubbly bunch remote phone calls. And when they came out for this match, man, it just felt like the gang are back together. They're yeah. singing Judas. They look like douchebags. <laughs> Made me enormously happy. Yeah. Um, but then they cut the promo afterwards and they, what was the name of the match? I haven't actually it's, written it down. It's the Stadium Stampede. So this is the the insane match that we kind of referenced in the, the title of this video, which is, yeah, Jericho says, we're not going to have a street fight. We're not going to have, you know, this sort of no uh, no DQ match. We're going to have a fight in an 80,000 seat stadium. So they have got the entire stadium at their disposal to have a fight, which is essentially, you know, it's like Money in the Bank was. It was, you know, you're climbing the corporate ladder up HQ. They're going to be fighting, well, I'm assuming, in the Jacksonville um, Jaguar Stadium. And they're just going to fight all over this in what I will presume is a cinematic match. And I'm, you know, the, the street fight last week was so, so entertaining and so good. I am stoked for this match. I think this is going to be awesome. I can't remember if Double or Nothing is live or not. Is it pre taped? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But even if it's live, doesn't matter, does it? Because there's no fans there to get bored. I think... It's a risk. You, you, I think the no fans matches in general have been very good, but as Orton Ed showed us, there is a way where everything looks like it's going to work and it doesn't. And you know you're playing with a lot of moving parts there because is it a ten it's five on five? I think yeah, because it's the elite versus the inner circle. So I'd imagine it's probably the lineup that we were going to have for um, Blood and Guts. Yeah, but the opposite, as, a, as opposed to being contained in a cage, it's everywhere which yeah. is a nice opposite way to take it i suppose but the yeah 10 people brawling around that larger space how many camera crews do you need blah 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 i think it's a it's going to be logistically much easier to control pre-produced I will I mean, say. I, yeah um i don't know if this will change your mind but i just spotted a super chat that came in out of the corner of my eye from josh d dynamics that says there is a pool in the jaguar stadium does that change your mind i'm all in <laughs> but I mean, it can still be pre-produced. <laughs> well, I assume it is going to be pre-produced. I think mm. this is going to be a cinematic match. Yeah. Um, the just because everything else they've done so far has been, you know, the street fight last week was live. Mm. Uh, the then we got so Vanguard One flies in with the T-shirt that Jericho offered him. 
three, four weeks ago. The fact that I just said him in reference to Vanguard One, and that yeah. was in no way intentional, shows the talent of everyone involved here that they've managed to make me so invested in this. You know, it's like Johnny Five. It's short circuit. That's how I see Vanguard One. So Vanguard One steps up to Jericho. Jericho cuts a cuts like a, a duologue with him doing all the acting for Vanguard One. He's just incredible. And he introduces um, Vanguard One to the newest member of the Inner Circle, who we've already referenced. It's Floyd, the baseball bat. Yeah. And uh, they smash up Vanguard One, and Matt Hardy comes down and mourns the loss of his drone and, you know, sort of treats it as if it was a real person. As I said earlier... I was going to suggest to my friend, you got to, yeah, watch this show. This will be a really good like easing back into watching wrestling. And then I, I, it's just not, it's not for me. I, you know, I, I'm a big, big Matt Hardy fan. I love it, and I love the fact that he has got this creative idea that he is running with. I love the fact that people enjoy it. I think it's great, but it doesn't work for me, and I'm not that keen on it. That's fair enough. As we always say, like you can't get angry at someone not liking someone beating up a robot in wrestling and pretending like it's a real thing. Like, it's totally understandable. Uh, I, I I actually found it really good. I, I run a bit hot and cold on Broken Mat. Sometimes I, I, I think it's the best thing ever. And other times I'm like, this gimmick is stupid. <laughs> this here, I thought it really, because it tapped into quite the, the emotional layer underneath which we haven't really seen from matt hardy it's all been just superficial zaniness mostly but this i the way he cradled vanguard one there i i you know i, I kept on seeing jeff in his place i, I got i got a, a tremendous amount from it and i i give enormous props to both matt and chris jericho for making me feel that for what is essentially an inanimate object, just mm. like just like Jericho and Moxley, what Ambrose did with Mitch the Plant, the scarf, the list. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, then we got the announcement that Mike Tyson's going to be at Double or Nothing. We've already covered that. And a few matches for next week's show. Yeah, I've got them written down. I have. We've got MJF versus Marco, uh, mm -hmm. Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy. Which just sounds wow, pretty good. Uh, John Moxley versus Ten, who is the the sort of the big minion for Brody Lee, and Sammy Guevara versus Broken Matt Hardy, and um, yeah, possibly the thing I'm I'm least excited about, you know, because of various reasons, is a face to face in ring segment between Jake the Snake Roberts and Arn Anderson. Now, Arn is one of the people that they have said we're keeping away because of everything that's going on and it puts him in the sort of high risk category. So to just, uh, oh man, like zooms there, you can zoom in. It's, it'll be fine. You could have done it as a zoom call. It's people understand it doesn't need to be in the ring, that, but that's, you know, but, but uh, call me a soy boy if you want, or use some other outdated term. I, I don't think it's worth the risk. I totally agree. Uh, speaking of the 10 guy, the minion, the crawler, whatever he is, he came out here with Brody Lee for the, the main event. Again, a match that's actually been building for like four months. Christopher Daniels, SCU, they've been tormented by the Dark Order for the whole of this year so far. And Daniels has been wanting to understand who the Exalted One is, says he doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's Brody Lee. 
that was eventually revealed. So it's Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels in the main event. I thought this was a very smart placement. It wasn't the best match on the show, but it had all of the context driving it with the idea that Moxley versus Brody Lee is your main event at Double or Nothing. Yeah, and I love that uh, Brody Lee comes out with the title belt wrapped like around his waist, tells Dasher to reintroduce him as the self-proclaimed, or he basically just said, like, I'm the champion, announced me as the champion. Dasher's like the self-proclaimed uh, AEW world champion. I love Brody Lee. I've always been a fan of his work. And there's just a couple of things that he does that I just really get a kick out of. I love the way that he sells. I love the way that he moves around the ring. But there was a moment in this match that I really, really, really loved, which is when he gets out of the ring and just stares down Daniel, uh, sorry, Kazarian and Sky. Doesn't get in their face. Doesn't try and intimidate them. Doesn't get into a fight with them. He just gets out of the ring and just stares at them. And that was so much more effective than if he'd have gone out there and thrown a punch. It was Oh, it was wicked. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And that's what sort of got the baby faces in. Uh, and there was a there was a brawl which allowed Daniels to get on top for a moment. Uh, but in the end, Brody just killed it. Well, he, he caught what was it a best move? It was something off the top rope that Brody just turned into a power, a power bomb. bomb. Yeah. Because like because Daniels got like a big flurry of offense. It actually was really nice seeing Daniels wrestle mm. because I've 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 loved Christopher Daniels and like hearing seeing him do the angels wings, seeing him lock in his submission, doing the BME and it's like you know, a standing Brody Lee. Um that's just some really good stuff. But yeah, he just sort of caught him off as he dived off the top rope into this power bomb. And just murdered him with the uh, the discus clothesline. Uh, you know, Brody Lee kicked out of the angels angels wing at one, mm. and I think they, like, they did such a good job in getting out. Like, I mean, perhaps that works if you are familiar with Daniels and his back catalog of stuff. But like him kicking out of the angels wings at one actually was like a big like, oh my god, that that they're really pushing him as like this big tough son of a gun. Well, he's fighting for the the title yeah. in just a couple of weeks' time, and he hasn't really had that much. You know that's that is it's rushed, but the, the they're they're in this position. There's not really much else you can do. What is your thoughts on? Oh, by the way, Moxley then stormed in the ring, and Lee sort of just walked off, still with the belt. Um, yeah. Moxley beat up a few uh, creepers and cut a promo, promising a hailstorm of violence, which I thought was a terrific turn of phrase. I but, love the line. I do not suffer fools lightly, and Brody Lee made a foolish decision. Mm-hmm. That was a great line. We didn't get to talk about this last week because I did it with Andy. What was what? What's your feelings on Brody Lee versus John Moxley? I mean, it's kind of what I predicted. We sort of talked about who's next for Moxley after you know during that sort of six week of uh, of taped shows, and I figured it was going to be Brody Lee just because of the way that they were like really put him over. It's like he's won all of his matches in under ten minutes, so he combined you know in under ten minutes. I just felt like they, they were doing it with so many people. You were doing it with Archer. You're doing it with Wardlow. You're doing it with Brody Lee. It's got to be one of those three. And Lance is with Cody. Wardlow's with MJF, which just leaves Brody Lee. And Jericho is busy doing it, stuff with the elite that he's kind of out of the title picture for the moment. So, yeah, so I, I just sort of... And the, the, as you say, there's going to be no one else. They haven't really built anyone else to be sort of a top title contender. So I kind of figured it was going to be Brody. You, I, and I totally get the argument that people could say that it's too soon. And I'm, I don't disagree with that either, actually. I think it's, you're probably... Actually, I'd probably say you're right on that. But I, this is kind of what I where I figured they would go. Yeah. Well, overall, I thought this was, you know, a, a solid episode of 
of dynamite. You know, at their very high standard they've set for themselves, this was this was an average show. I I, I mean, I, I think I liked it more than you actually. I would have given this a four out of five. I, I just mm. man, I just really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed this week's show. Good to hear. Colostopia on the subject of Mike Tyson. There's a recent video of Mike boxing and he looks pretty good. And JR said that Mike likes AEW when he was at Mike's podcast. Yeah, I saw someone else posted that Mike's apparently got a podcast now that um to sort of like I really feel like this is one of those moments where because we're not big into the sport, the people that are big into the sport are angry that we're not into the sport. You know, like when we get like NFL things a bit wrong because we don't watch it, people get really angry that we don't know. I feel like this is one of those moments. Uh, no, I mean, to be fair, that's how I feel when my mum doesn't know the difference between Marvel and DC. <laughs> Come on, mum. Lincoln. Lincoln dollars. jacked to me. Uh, Mike Tyson is in the best shape of his life right now, in my opinion. Just look at one of his recent training videos and you'll see he's getting back to ring shape. But which ring? Insert law and order sound. Chung, chung. Chung, chung. Uh, yeah, well, you know, maybe I, I doubt he's going to work a professional wrestling match, but that would be cool. Yeah. Um, Calculon again. Uh, IJS Tyson... I think that's, I'm just saying. I'm just saying Tyson is always semi-relevant in the US, guys. Totally agree what with you. Yeah, that's what I mean about the, because uh, we're not into it. Um, do you want to take over for AEW? I will do, yes. The AEW miscellaneous uh, Oliver Davis. Nikolai says, the Vanguard 1 segment would have been good for Hardy versus Jericho, but not the Elite versus Inner Circle. This feels like uh, it should, this should feel like the biggest match in AEW so far. Well, I think that's the direction they're taking this. Mm. This is this is a really neat way to prolong a singles match where you hold that off and you've got some interaction between the two in a big 10-man match, but then later on you can build towards the singles component of the feud. Uh, Celtic, Kiss, uh, Celtic Kiss says, I've said it here before, but gosh, Nyla is great. I run hot and cold on her. I, I think, you know, in some matches, she's awesome and she's everything that she needs to be. Uh, in the in the in the backstage bit where she hit Sheeda with the kendo stick, she gave this look to camera, which took me out of it completely. Unfortunately, I, I think she's quite good. Uh, Justin says AEW should put on a tournament with all these indie guys, with the winner getting a contract. Could be a fun way to put over some new guys. TNA did that um, sort of back in two thousand six. I think it was a four way on one of the pay per views. I can't remember all four of them, but I'm pretty certain off the top of my head, Austin Aries and Roderick Strong were in it. We and watched this, didn't we? No, I think we watched the much later era mm. of, uh, of TNA. This was like 2004, 5-ish. Um, yeah, and Austin Aries won. That's how Aries sort of like first got into that, that, that TNA stuff. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure it was anyway. It's been a while. Uh, Justin says, Cody looked like a kid in his first driving lesson and getting out because he'd wrecked his dad's new truck. It didn't work, but I loved it anyway. Uh, Davine Rajan said, listening to your great review while finishing my uni report is my last year at Portsmouth. Question, is Brody Lee versus Mox too early? While we have already talked about that, I will say I went to university at Portsmouth. It's alumni. A, I am. I'm a Portsmouth alumni. Jumped up Polytechnic. 
Uh, and Rich McCann says, who wants Luchasaurus versus Wardlow? It wouldn't be your typical big man match because Luchasaurus is so good at wrestling like someone who is smaller. I just don't know if Wardlow can do a longer match with a big man. Don't know. He's a bit of an unproven quantity still. Uh, I've liked everything he's done. He had a really good match the other week. Uh, I would like to see it, yes. But mm. more than that, I want to see Luchasaurus versus The Butcher. Uh, oh, yes. I'd like that as well. Um, Dr. Carlo Fesalat says, um, Tony Schiavone mentioned last week on the post show that Jeff Cobb is not with AEW due to contractual obligations with some other company. Well, that implies he's re-signed somewhere, which which is Ring of Honor, I suppose. Yeah, that's who he was working yeah. with. That's uh, a shame because he was a he was fantastic. Yeah, uh, Josh D. Dynamics, Luchasaurus versus Wardlow for double or nothing, please. Someone else who's uh, behind that. Um, Doctor Karloff Salat said, "If uh, you can't see Vanguard One as real, just view him as an enhanced Alexa that can fly, an AI helper. Maybe and that doesn't help." I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I think that Alexas are inherently evil. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm. Uh, I, that doesn't help for me. I'm afraid your your comparison of calling him Johnny Five was was way like that was more like oh Johnny Five makes me quite like I don't see him being up. Um, Michael Dominguez said, "Is Brody Lee ruining the Exalted One? Seems like two different characters that could be separated. Really hyped up a cult leader, not Vince. R.I.P. Pineapple Pete." Well, Michael, I would answer that by saying you could argue that Vince McMahon himself is a cult leader. Mm. I, I mean, I, I think you are picking up on what's really happened here. He wasn't the original plan. Marty Scale was. We know that. Um, and Brody Lee obviously had his character he wanted to do, which is great. And they smudged the two together. And yeah, I think that ha that has come at the expense of the Dark Order faction. All those really good teleshopping adverts, infomercials. You know, where's Stu Grayson and Eva Luno been? Canada. Oh, they're, 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 they're in Canada. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it, it, it does seem like it's now become something else. But I, I, uh, it's difficult because I think I would love Brody Lee's character more if he was just something separate. Mm. And I think I'd like the Dark Order more if they just continued what they were doing previously with Evil Uno as the leader. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we said from day one of all this is that people can say there's a new leader. And I'm like, but Uno's the leader. Like they've already got one. So just, yeah, I didn't feel like they needed to add a, a higher power to it. <clears throat> Um, on Wrestle Talk, Miscellaneous, Zach Icon Linda, the boyhood dream came true. Congrats, the other one. Thanks, guys. Uh, everyone should go and watch last night's Quizzlemania. It was great. one of the best so far. Gazatola, a rock and roller. Just watch the de-hairing of Chopper on clips. Oh, my God. It's Razor Stubble Legends, Pete. Oh, my God. <laughs> when he, like, I actually thought, when he did, like, the uh, the, the Dawson mm -hmm. uh, look, I was like, the, the Dax Harwood look, I was like, man, that actually really suits Pete. Then he did the Seamus Feller look. I was like, that actually suits him as well. The John Waters one was when the tide turned. I was like, the John Waters moustache did not, that did not work. That made him look super creepy. He's got big teeth. And then when the eyebrows went, like, it's not Pete. It doesn't look like Pete anymore. I hear Pete's voice, but I don't see Pete. Pete doesn't even see Pete anymore. <laughs> He's having a bit of an existential crisis. <laughs> You can see more of that in the NXT review that will be going up uh, a bit later on.
but we made five thousand pounds for charity for oh my god i'm drawing a blank no, no kids, kids no kids hungry um so and that that's also down to all of you so thank you ever so much for supporting that uh magnus congratulations to the new Quizzlemania champion or can i say the smackdown <laughs> champion Smack. Smack. Also, a new solid episode of AEW. Looking forward to Double or Nothing. Yeah, same here. Forever Young, what type of headphones, laptops do you two use? Oh, well, I've got a new shiny MacBook Pro. Um, and I'm just using standard Apple headphones. I've got the MacBook Pro as well, last year's model. I use a Blue Yeti mic, and these these are really good. I just keep buying them. They're getting really tattered, though, you see. Oh, uh, yeah, all kinds of uh, I think they're just, I can't remember the make. They're not an actual make, it's just one on Amazon. Uh, Cody Stevens. Hello, guys. What is your favorite non-pay-per-view title matches? Ooh. Buy me. Non-pay-per-view title matches. I always think of John Cena versus CM Punk. I was actually going to say pretty much any of John Cena's US title, like his US title open thing that he did. Was Mine amazing. wasn't for the title. Mine was a number one contendership, wasn't it, for The Rock? Oh, well, on Raw 1000? Yeah. Oh, good. No. No, 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 it wouldn't have been there, because that would have surely been building up to... Um, no, no it, was, it was after Royal Rumble, going into okay, WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. That's the TV match with the pile driver. I don't think that was for the title. I'll have to get back to you on that. What was yours, sorry, Luke? Um, I, I was good. John Cena's um, US title, his US Open title thing that he was doing, where it was just opening up, and like the, the match he had with Sammy, and there's just mm. loads of really good matches that he had. They had a great one with Dean, one with Zach, just loads of them. Um, Lincoln again, guys. I just got to be super positive because my bro from America just graduated, baby. We're going bat s word crazy here. We in the chat. Well, yeah, well done, well done, bro from America. We don't know your name. You didn't <laughs> say it, but thank, well, thank you. Well done. Uh, and some last-minute messages. Dan H. Should Dark Order turn on Mister Lee and cost him the title? Hmm. Certainly a way out of that match, I guess. Yeah. I don't think they should turn on him. It's way too soon. But I do think a creeper error should yeah. cost the match for Lee. Uh, and Rich McCann again. I wish you guys would watch Dark Havoc versus Luther with a sick chair spot. They have some good gold there. I did not like that. I saw the 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 video that was shared around of the chair spot, and I did not like it at all. What happened? It was one of those ones where you have like the upturned chair, or you know, chair sort of in a sat down position, and then did a back body drop onto mm. the chair. Jimmy took it, and he just like you know that a bit in The Simpsons when Homer falls onto the fire hydrants. And yeah. like Ben's, like it was basically that, and it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, have you got any super chats on your side? Uh, an excellent question. Let's have a look. Um, we uh, do, in fact, we got one from Nate Drop Surname who said, "Loved how Brody walked off with the title. He didn't run away. He threw his henchman to Moxley and walked away mm. intact with his prize, like a true supervillain." Also, R.I.P. Vanguard and R.I.P. Chopper's Beard. I lolled at the moustache break on the news. Thank you. Well, that's good. So go on then. You kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday on Quizzlemania. Uh, but why didn't you tell the good people what happened to poor Oliver Davis? I am so annoyed with myself because I would like to say I'm quite safety conscious, quite mindful of problems. I'm going to yeah. risk assess something before I do it. And 
been getting into the bread. A lot of bread being made. We have, we're finding that after a day, normal, freshly baked bread becomes like cement on the outside. And you have to really go through it to get to its delicious, fluffy bread texture inside. So my lady partner said, well, you know, we could get better knives. And I thought, why have we got better knives for all the other things we do? Why mm -hmm. are we still using the bread knife that came in a set bought from Asda six years ago? So we ordered one. It came. I got it out of the packet. I quarantined it, of course, sprayed it down. And then I used it on a day-old loaf of bread. Just went straight through. I was like, no. oh, my God. This is what we've been missing. Anna, try it out yourself. And she did it. Wow. It goes straight through. And I went, I know, right? What a sharp knife. This is such a sharp knife. As I'm telling her that, I'm holding the bread with one hand. I'm cutting with the other. I slip massively. And the, you know, bread knives are sort of serrated and jagged. That's why they can cut through bread a lot better than normal knives. And it, it hit the uh, lower knuckle on my index finger, on my left hand. And it just hacked out a, I, it hacked out a minimal amount of flesh. But there was a lot of blood. <laughs> and I just went, uh... <laughs> and I, I moved to the sink, which was next to me, held it over that. Uh, luckily, my lady partner deals with this sort of stuff in her job. Uh, so she was on it right away. But then the color started to drain from her face. She's actually standing right behind me working. You don't mind me talking about this, do you? Guess not. <laughs> <laughs> the color starts to drain from her face and she has to sit down. <laughs> After she'd tended to me and made sure like I was bandaged up uh, and I was like, I was feeling a bit woozy. Uh, she had to sit down, put her legs over her head to get the blood back to her head. And uh, yeah, then I just felt a mixture of on edge, bit like anything, everything was a threat and a little bit dizzy for oh. a good hour or two afterwards. And yeah, just a, uh, yeah, you don't really. I, I'm luckily it's not my right hand, uh, but typing scripts, I'm operating at about eighty percent speed. Remember when Dave Meltzer had a? I think he broke his thumb. Yeah, and he was talking about like how awful it was to type stuff, and I thought, yeah, yeah, well, you could just do one hand, uh, but no, 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 I'm, it's it's tough. We've trained ourselves to a point now where we are just typing as we normally would. So like, you know, I've been typing like this now since the you know early nineties. So to then lose one of those fingers would be really difficult to kind of work around. Yeah. It's just, I, I my, my middle fingers kind of picking up the slack, mm. but it's not long enough to reach <laughs> some of the middle keys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my, that was my thing from yesterday. I just had the, the, we took off the plaster. I was worried it was going to be a bit gross, but actually it's all the skins closed up, but there is a, a neat jagged line mm -hmm. down my, my finger. Yeah. How have you been? Oh, well, I've been all right, man. I mean, a bad day for you, like slicing off your finger, then coming last in Quizlemania. Well, it was a I, bad you know, day. It's what the people want. <laughs> I could, oh, I could win. You're just choosing not to. This is what Sean was said on Twitter yesterday, that he let me win. 
What a heel. Yes. I want to, I want on my own terms. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm doing okay, mate. Doing pretty good. Um, I've had. How a- do you feel after winning? We haven't yeah. really spoken about this. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Like it was, you know, so much pressure had been put on me over the last couple of days, like the last couple of episodes, that like I'm, I'm now glad to just be on the other side of that. Because if I never win again, I had that one win, and that's fine, and like that's okay now. Didn't Andy won the first two? Yes, he won the first two, and then Brian Zane won, and then Alex won, and then Sean has been champion ever since until I won. So Sean won three, or he uh, won he, two? He I won. He... Yeah, he so he <laughs> beat Alex. He beat Steve. This was going to be his third retention until mm-hmm. I won, which would have like it. I mean, he broke the. I think he, him, and Andy have got like the second longest reigns or the the joint longest reigns. Someone in the comments is keeping track of overall totals. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm fifth. But that's because I've participated in so many. (laughs) Some people are above me who have only done two. Yeah. But also bearing in mind as well, like Brian, the episode that he was on, like was a big, big points. That was a points game. Like since then, we haven't had a game that's given you the opportunity to go over a hundred points. So Brian's always going to have that. So he's always going to have like that big sort of hundred pointer in in his back pockets to kind of rocket him up the league. I've got Did, nothing more. Oh, okay, well, cool. I, I mean, we were uh, going to go. I haven't I, heard from the the emails from folks. Well, that's fine, and I was going to dive into those, but like a signal would have been good that you were done with that conversation. Yeah, something like that would have well, been. Do you want, is that so for podcast listeners? I'm doing double points. Um, for, I had an email in from someone called Andy Andy Harkin. Um, you may recall back earlier this year, back in January. Remember, back in January, it was like four years ago when we were in a studio and I was talking about that documentary that was about bringing back the bush and yes. uh, on channel four. And uh, I, I joked about this because Andy sent in an email that said that we should do it as a sort of deeper, like a bigger discussion point that people can send in their stories. And we could call it the pubic service announcements. I then got a follow-up email from him saying, just been listening to the Raw Review podcast, shame you weren't on it this week, but heard your manscaping advert where I was pleased to hear my strapline of pubic service announcement previously suggested in the email above. Just wanted to say that if you need my payment for your marketing guru, bank details, address and t-shirt size, or wheelbarrow full of cash, maybe discuss with Ollie and come back to me. In all serious note, thank, in all serious note, thank for your hard work. Without knowing it, you've kept me a lot of company whilst working alone in the office these last few weeks. Much love, Andrew. Well, Andrew, well, I very much appreciate the email. I can't even take credit for that joke, and nor can you. Manscaped, <laughs> Manscaped very much said that we had to open with that. It's a great pun. It is a very good pun. Uh, I'm going to forward you an email um, mm. because this is one that is a bit more uh, visual. So bear with me while I just forward this across to you. But it comes in uh, again from another Andy or an Andrew uh, who said, gentlemen, on browsing the elite action figures I came across on the toyshop.com, it would appear that the N on their keyboard isn't working, so they just went with the next best option. Uh, don't know why this made me laugh so much. So I've... Uh... <laughs> so one of the figurines is of Nia Jax, complete with Slammy Award accessory, it looks like, and it's WWE superstar Mia Jax. 
<laughs> and then next to that is uh, again a Shinsuke Nakamura figurine with a Slammy award. When was the last Slammys? Oh, man, I feel like I'm on Quizlemania again. Slammy Award winners, reverse oh chronological Oh, my God. Order. Imagine if you get that LOL moment of the year. <laughs> In uh, Ben's, actually, I'm going to suggest that to Adam as a potential round because he could just do Slammy Award winners and you've got to give you the person who won it and the award they won it for. But the, the other one's WWE superstar Shinsuke Makamura. <laughs> now, now, where this gets weird is that there is an N for November in Shinsuke, yeah, they've run right? that bit fine. I don't know, man. It's a it's a, a mystery to us all. Um, <laughs> before we get out of here, however, uh, I wanted to give you a brief update on something. We've had so many suggestions come in for the match to show mm. my brother's girlfriend, who's never watched wrestling before, um, what you know, sort of like to give her the big encompassing. Here is what wrestling is. And while we were going to go with Bailey versus Sasha Banks from NXT Takeover Brooklyn One, I have made a uh, I've made an informed decision because I watched it again quite recently. I'm going with The Rock versus Triple H from Backlash 2000. My reason being, it's 19 minutes long, right? Mm. It's a big old crowd. Crowd are so white hot because Austin is in the corner of The Rock. You've also got Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon in the corner of Triple H. Shane McMahon is the special guest referee. You've got JR and King on commentary doing amazing work as babyface and heel commentators. You've got a big table break spot where The Rock does a double rock bottom to Triple H and Shane through the announcer's table. And you've got big chair shots and all this sort of stuff. You've got a title change. It's the perfect match to show someone. Yeah, can't argue with that. I had uh, I had that image of the rock rock bottoming both of them on a playing card of some sort. <laughs> I bought it from a I bought it from a car boot sale as a kid, and I it was like my treasured possession. I thought it was going to be worth millions one day. <laughs> Uh, if only you'd kept hold of it, because it's worth something now. But that is all we've got time for. I am afraid we need to get out of here. But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, later on today, you've got the NXT podcast with Pete and Adam. And then Adam and I will be doing the magazine show. Smackdown review over the weekend. All that good fun stuff. Take care. I love you. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.